Welcome to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we value using our voice collectively to explore life challenges, including mental health, addiction, trauma, and ways to heal. With our voice, we empower, encourage, and transform lives. I'm your host, Daishika Bibbs, a certified trauma-focused therapist, licensed clinical social worker, and licensed certified addiction specialist. As we embark on this journey together, let's elevate our voice to echo the sound for the voiceless. Today's guest received both her master's and bachelor's degree in family children's studies with an emphasis in family social services. She is native of Chicago, a child of God, a motivational speaker, a life coach, a mentor, and an entrepreneur, as well as the author of Becoming It, Your Divine Self. Her goal is to help people love themselves and find their purpose in life while healing from past traumas. Elevated Voices Podcast would like to give a warm welcome to Jasmine Latrice Merritt. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Daishika. I am so honored and blessed to be a part of Elevated Voices. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. I am too. You have done so many different things in your life and you have a lot of things going on. This book that you created, you know, being it your divine self, what led you to creating this particular book? That is such an awesome question, Daishika. Um, Oh my goodness, so much comes to my head when I get that question asked to me. And just to sum it all up, it will be first and foremost, God. And honestly, myself, of course, too. But um, healing, going going through that healing process, I was able to discover my purpose. I feel that a lot of times our pain is wrapped up in our purpose. And so when you kind of get over that hump of, what that pain is, identifying it, healing from it. And then, you know, it just blossomed literally. It's like a flower. So that's exactly what has, like what happened for me. I I didn't, I wasn't aware of myself. And honestly, I didn't love myself to be completely honest. You know, um, I did what society told me to do. And I feel like that brings on that depression, that anxiety, because you're not doing what you're really called to do. You know, you're not being your authentic self. You're not being who God called you to be. And so I, I, I went to, you know, to college and I got the degrees because that's what I was told to do. But that wasn't something that I really wanted to do in my heart to heart. Once I start healing through trauma and things that that was meant to break me, I was able to understand like, hey, wow, if I was able to heal from it and if I was able to overcome all the trauma and and mental illness, then I can help someone else do the same. And so that's Mm -hmm. how Becoming It, Your Divine Self was established. Okay. I like that. And I'm glad that you were able to heal and then you turn back and say, hey, let me try to heal other people. I think that's an amazing thing because not a lot of people have that desire to share what they have learned. One of the things you talked about was pain and suffering from pain. And then you talked a little bit about healing from your trauma. Can you share some of the trauma and pains that you endured in your life? I was always treated differently outside of my siblings. 
And I think I'm always hesitant to talk about it because me and my mom, we're now better than we were then. But at the end of the day, it's my truth. And so I I just wanted to throw that out there um, because I have a better relationship with her now. But my mom, basically, she treated me very different due to um, me being molested by her boyfriend. So I, I was 12 years old. What sucked the most for me was losing the opportunity to have a mother and daughter relationship growing up. You know, like that's something that I've always wanted um, since a young age. And so to feel like that was ripped from me because of something that someone else wanted to do to me, I I know it caused jealousy in my mom's heart, unfortunately. You know, it really felt like she didn't like me. And so growing up, I felt like I wasn't worthy enough. You know, I felt like, you know, my mom doesn't even love and I didn't meet my dad till I was 15 years old. So there was no structure, no pouring into me that you're worthy. You are enough. I love you. You know, none of those words were were told to me at a young age. And so I grew up thinking, wow, am I really enough? Like how other people are going to like me if my own parents didn't. It was hard. But what I realized and what I, you know, as I got older is that our worth is not wrapped up into no one. I don't care who you are, your mom, your dad, your grandpa, your uncle. Like our worth is God has already embedded that in us. You know what I'm saying? And he gave that that love to us when we were born, when we were formed in our mother's womb, you know. So that is where I was able to take back my power and understand that I am worthy. God said I was worthy. So I don't care if you like me, you love me. I love me. And that goes back to doing the work and pouring into yourself. Because when you do that, then you don't look for validation. You don't search for that love in other people. You find it within yourself. You know that you have it, you know? Right. And Jasmine, that is so deep because you are not the only individual out there who is a survivor. And so like you, especially if that person is someone close to a parent or a loved one, when you do open up and when you do decide to tell and say, hey, you know, this person just violated me, you know, this is wrong. You know, you get the, well, this is not true or the disbelief, the denial, because it's like I'm torn between my child and my boyfriend or my girlfriend or, you know, whoever that other adult may be. And it's like, well, who do I believe? You know, I trust this adult. Why would they do something like this to my child? Or why would they do something like this to someone I love? You know, that's that's really deep. I'm so glad that you actually even brought that up, Dashika, because that was a form of neglection for me. You know, my mom, like it felt like, wow, she really just chose this man over her, you know, her daughter who she birthed. And like my voice was never enough, you know, like that, that what I said was not true. And she started to like spread, you know, because eventually got out to the family. And, you know, she started to try to say that I'm crazy and, and, and she, you know, she's slow, like, you know like throwing stuff like that. So it was mental abuse after the, you know, the physical abuse. So it was literally so much to like take in. And again, at 12 years old, you don't know, like, wow, you know, you're just taking it all in and you're just like, why me, of course. But then you you go through life and you keep struggling on and you know that God has you. And so that was my way out. I knew God had me at a very young age. I knew like, he don't play about his kids. So <laughs> if something happens to them, you know, I feel like he's always there to 
to just be there for comfort. And honestly, that's what got me through my entire life from 12 to now. Right. Most people don't know that the trauma that you experience is very real. There are different levels to the trauma. Because there are different levels, they actually divided it into two categories. You have type one category of trauma, you got type two category category of trauma. And type one category of trauma, it is classified as one single event that comes out of nowhere, is 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 unexpected. And we call that the big T trauma. And that can be being sexually assaulted, it can be being um robbed, it can be a medical trauma. It can be childbirth and it can be a serious health illness. And then you have the type two trauma and it's four actually smaller categories under type two trauma. And you have complex trauma. You have the historical collective intergenerational trauma, vicarious trauma, which is also known as secondary trauma. And then you have little T trauma. Complex trauma, it typically happens when you are a child or in your early developmental stages, and it happens repeatedly. That complex trauma looks like domestic violence. It looks like being misdiagnosed with a a medical condition. It looks like physical abuse. It looks like abandonment. It looks like being bullied at home, school, at work, sexual abuse. So that's that complex trauma. And then the historical collective intergenerational trauma is when a whole culture, a whole community has been affected. And that is racism, that is genocide, that is slavery, and so forth and so on. So you have all of these different types of trauma. And individual people don't even realize that there are so many different types out there. What you explained is literally type two trauma. That's that complex trauma. It can have a significant impact on your life. And you highlighted that because you said, hey, you know, when this happened to me, my self-esteem, my self-confidence, my self-love, all of that went out the window. And I was second guessing myself. And if my own parent didn't love me, then who am I to love me? Who is someone else to love me? And that weighs on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and being able to identify that. And I'm just so grateful that I've been able to. I'm so grateful that I've been able to create a a workbook that helps individuals work on themselves and and be able to do the work because a lot of people don't know how. Right. And so that was my goal. That's my ultimate goal is to help people love themselves first and foremost. So when you love yourself, then you're able to love God. You're able to love others. You're able to understand your purpose in life because you love you. You, you are authentically you. And so now I can authentically be whatever I want to be. Right. People are, are nervous. They're scared. People don't know where to begin because they don't want to be judged. They don't want to feel like they have failed. They don't want to feel like they are not enough. And so your workbook, And you creating this pathway for a woman or a man, because men experience sexual abuse as well and abandonment. We don't talk about it much, but they do. And for you to create this book and say, here, start here. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel like you're alone because you're not. Start here. You know, I feel like that is an awesome, amazing thing. When you started your healing process, did you 
start with a therapist? I started doing therapy when I was getting my undergrad. And so it started years before I actually started really, truly healing, if that makes sense. You start that journey as soon as you start wanting better for yourself, as soon as you start wanting to feel better for yourself. And so that was an investment for myself to start feeling better. And and also went to couple therapy as well with the guy I was dating at the time. So it really does start with self, whether that's you investing in counseling or you just investing your time in in understanding that you are worthy of the time that you set out to, to heal. Thank you for highlighting. It starts with self. And not only does it start with self, but you said invest in myself. And I think that is very important because if you're not a clinician or if you didn't study the impact of trauma and what it does to to your life, it literally, like I said, it impacts every aspect of your life. It impacts you mentally. You know, you, you suffer from depression. You suffer from anxiety. You have issues with sleep. You know, it impacts your interpersonal relationships. You know, you can't trust or you have so much emotion that you don't know how to manage it, how to deal with it. Your pain bleeds into that relationship. You know, it affects your spirituality. And it's like, why me, God? You know, some people stop believing and some people do the opposite and they become what I consider super religious and they put all of their focus on God and in the Bible, right? And so it affects, you know, the way you work and perform either at school or in your career. You know, it affects every single aspect of your life. For you to say, hey, you know, I had to invest in myself. It starts with self. You know, it's very important for our listeners to hear that. Because if you didn't take that initial step and say, hey, let me do this for myself, the outcome could have been totally different. You know, we have people who commit suicide. We have people who turn to drugs and alcohol, falling in love with the same sex. It can have a devastating impact on your life. Thank you for highlighting that. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I feel that it's necessary and imperative to make vows to yourself that I'm going to be who I want to be. I want to do the things that I say I'm going to do. And so I start the book off with that first page because it's very intentional for me for the person who who is doing the work that when they're all done, I want them to go back to that first page and realize all of the work that they put into. It's something that's so miraculous when you go back and reflect on the things and the and the work that you've done because we can get caught up in, in just wanting to be better. We try and we're trying, we're trying, we just want to be better throughout the, the workbook. I have over 120 different exercises. So I actually make it intentional for you to go back and, and look at the work that you've done because that's imperative. That that that's what kept me going. Like, you know, when I would journal in my book, I'd be like, oh wow, like when I go, you know, like a year later, I'll just go back and read the things that I was going through. And how I've overcome that, that, that builds self-esteem, that builds self-confidence, and that builds self-discipline. Now, to break it all down, I think what my book has done and, and what it's done for me and what it's done for you know a lot of people who, who purchased the book is that it has installed in them self-discipline. Now, when you have self-discipline, you have that love within yourself. Like, I can trust you because I've done this over and over and over again. 
So if I could trust myself, then I can love myself and I can really understand who I am. And so my main goal was to embed certain situations, certain activities for individuals to do every day. You know, you're doing this, whatever it is, right? I don't know what, what it may be. For me, it was Joe Will's meditation. It was working out. It was, you know, eating healthy, doing those things over and over again, developed self-discipline for me, which after a while, it, just, it develops self-esteem. It, it develops self-worth. Like I'm worthy. I, I promised myself that I was going to do this and I actually did it. And so that's where it lies, that consistency, that discipline. I know, you know, a lot of people hear that a lot that, you know, that consistency, but it's so true. Like I can't, you can't really run from it. You just got to like keep doing it and believing in yourself and trusting yourself and saying that I'm going to do this. And so I believe that that's how it's all developed. That's how self-love and self-esteem is developed. Yeah, it is. And consistency, writing in your journal, reflecting, it's a must. Self-reflection is a must. It's hard. It can be scary. But I tell my clients all the time, get you a notebook and just check in with yourself periodically throughout the day. You know, what are you going through emotionally? What are you thinking about? How are you responding to some of the things that are stressing you out? Or how are you reacting? And then physically, you know, what's going on with you? Are there things that you need to adjust or change throughout the day? And I always tell my clients, make sure you have a daily goal. So therefore, when you're carrying out your day, you can say, you know what, today my goal is to be consistent with saying no, or today my goal is to be on time. And periodically, you know, again, check in with yourself. Are you doing what you said that you were going to do? You know, having that routine and having that structure, it is a must, right? But also being able to put pen to paper, it gives you a different outlook on your emotions and your thoughts. Because I know a lot of people, they say, oh, I don't want to write. I, I mean, why do I have to do that? I have it all in my mind. That is true. You may have it all in your mind, but when you write it down, and you start writing it out, believe it or not, you know, your thinking and your thinking process will allow you to formulate things that you like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I felt that way or I know I was, you know, dealing with that today. And then being able to go back and reflect on it, you know, and say, hey, I have grown. Look at this progress that I have made. Absolutely. So at one point, I didn't even feel like, you know, I was going to get to this point, but look at this, you know, and giving yourself credit for the hard work because it is hard work. I would say um, not only just writing down, you know, things that you're going through, um, what I've been able to discover in journaling, because the work doesn't stop. You don't just get there. <laughs> you you are going to continue to, you know, evolve, continue to be great, continue to pour into yourself so that you can pour into others. And so it's not like a, a genie in a bottle. I snap my finger and I'm, ah, you know, I'm there. Um, and so I say that to say, write down the good too. When I reflect on all the good, all my wins, oh, it just, it, it, it literally gives me so much joy. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. 
you know, like get 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 accustomed to writing down the good because there's good in every day that you wake up. So finding that good, finding what is it that really connected with my soul today? What did I do today that I really enjoyed? You know what I'm saying? Like me, it's cooking. Like I love to cook and honestly, even do meditation, take the time out to, to do yoga and sit with myself. That's a very great day for me. You know, and it's, and then, you know, people say it's the little things, but those are the big things. Those are the, the huge things in life that you need to get connected to. So it's really about connecting with soul, connecting with yourself and understanding what it is that, that enlightens you. Nothing is hard. Nothing is easy. Everything is a decision. When you decide, when you make up in your mind that you're going to do something, don't connect it being hard or don't connect it to being easy. Connect it to being a decision for yourself because that is how and when you will fulfill that goal that you have for yourself. You know, it is not hard. It's not easy. I'm waking up like, you know, doing the work. I tell I tell my clients it's not hard. It's not easy. You just have to do mm-hmm. it. And when you make that decision to do so, you do it. Right. <laughs> and so, yes, that, that that is so imperative for me. Yeah, definitely. And I love the way that you phrase that. It's not hard. It's not easy. It's a decision. It's a choice. I am choosing to heal. I am choosing to grow. I am choosing to put my pain, all of my pain aside and discover who I am, what I want to be and live my life to the fullest. You know, you highlighted a lot of coping skills, meditation, writing exercising, cooking, go jogging, to knit, go swimming, being able to listen to music, taking up a glass making class or a pottery class, starting your own garden, starting your own nonprofit. All of those new coping skills that you didn't have before, you have now to elevate yourself to to new levels, to new ways of thinking. Because one thing that trauma does, trauma keeps you in a broken cycle. It keeps you in a broken cycle. And that cycle looks like the trauma happens. My emotions are all over the place. My thoughts are all over the place. And so I am behaving or acting on those thoughts and those emotions. And that's like a never ending cycle. And I carry that with me. Because it's learned behavior. It's learned behavior. I learned how to lash out because I was angry. Or this person, I felt that I couldn't trust this person. Or I felt like I wasn't being heard. So I learned to lash out because when I lash out, I got a response. But when I tried to verbalize how I felt, I didn't too much get a response. So lashing out works for me. So I'm going to do that. Versus, you know what? Let me take a moment to pause. Let me do some deep breathing exercises. Let me do some grounding exercises, five, four, three, two, one, to get back into the present moment. Let me slow down and then let me choose to respond because reacting and responding is two separate things. Trauma will have you reacting every single chance you get because you're on edge. You know, that adrenaline and that hormones in our brain that's tied to stress, when that's elevated, you're always on fight mode. You know, you have fight, flight, 
and freeze when it comes to trauma. Those are the responses that you typically have when you're experiencing trauma. Even with the littlest things, it's like your tolerance is just so low. It's like, oh my gosh, this just irritated me. It's so many different things that your body goes through when you're dealing with trauma. But being able to heal, being able to identify those things. And again, like you said, then choose, then make that decision to say, you know what? I want better. I can do better. I will. And I have. It's an amazing, amazing feeling. There's no words for it in a sense when you get to that level of understanding how powerful we are, you know, how powerful a decision can be. I also talk about it in my book as well on the power of making a decision, making a choice that we can do that. It's not just because what we've been through, what we've what we experience is it doesn't define us right when you get down into the the pain and and what you've been through literally you just use it for it fills you up like use it to be better use it to do better use it to to help others like that's where it's at it is and what you just described is what i tell my clients use your trauma as a positive motivator for yourself and motivate yourself to grow and heal. But then also when you get to a place where you are at peace, when you get to a place where you feel satisfied and you feel whole, don't hesitate to share your story with other people. Because through your story, through your testimony, you can bring light into someone else's life. Definitely. And then also with them seeing that, hey, you know, we went through this, we went through the same things or some similarities and like, oh, well, look at you now. Like, this is what you're doing. It it makes it where it's possible for the individual who has experienced the trauma to understand that you can come out of this. You know, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, when you hit rock bottom, you at the bottom, there's no lower. you You can't get any lower. It's only time to go up. Let's go up. Let's see how that feels at the top. You know how it feels at the bottom. I don't want this. This is not what I want for the rest of my life. And so, you know, motivating yourself that, hey, let's see what the top look like. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that phrase. Jasmine, if there are listeners out there today who are struggling with self-identity, self-love, self-confidence, because they themselves have endured a trauma, what positive advice would you like to share with them? I will first and foremost state, this is where all of my confidence lies. It's really in God and what I know for him to have done for my life before I was even created. And so at the end of the day, I want individuals to understand first and foremost that you were created. You know, God spoke everything else. He spoke the trees. He spoke the sky. He spoke the water. He spoke the universe, but when it came down to his people, when he came down to us, he created us, he formed us. And so I'm handiwork. I I wasn't spoken. God placed his hands on me. So I think about, you know, even when you look at the ocean, you look at the trees and you see how beautiful they are. That was just spoken, you know, but I was created. I was formed. I am powerful. I am, you know, like speaking life into your life and understanding who you are and who created you. So if you don't believe in God, let's say that. Affirmations. 
what affirmations do just to break it down because I know a lot of people right. are like okay affirmations no what affirmations have done for me is it's changed my mind and so if I can change my mind and the way I look at things the thoughts that I have you know you have these thoughts that that's been created by negative things but you can also change those thoughts just like they came they can go and you can flip it and you can make great thoughts come affirmations when you change your mind you change your world you change your life because you have a different perspective now i look at life as being different my book speaks about that being more intentional about your life and being more invested in it okay well what did i do today like re- again back to that reflection like i would say build yourself up on affirmations that's honestly where i would even start like cuz when you do that man your mind is like Okay, and, and it's not going. It's not going to be automatically. That's that's what I want to throw out there as well. It's not going to be like again a snap of a finger. You guys got to believe. You got to continue to trust, and you got to look at individuals who have been through it to really understand that this is true. Indeed, this this can happen for you. You just have to stick it out. You have to right. again make that decision every day. Because even when I was going through it, man, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a lot. Like this is the decision that I made, and that's what created that self esteem. They created that self discipline, that confidence, that self awareness, that self worth. Oh my goodness, everything with self because I did it. I can't look to Dashika and be like, Dashika, go do this for me today. Go show up for me today. It's about showing up for yourself every day. And when you do that constantly over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and it's just like, okay, I did. I'm doing that for me. Can nobody take it away now? I love the fact that you said affirmations, positive daily affirmations with my counseling services on my Facebook and on my Instagram at Amber's Hope Counseling, if anyone wants to know who's listening. That's what I do. Every single day, I post positive affirmation and I post a journal entry, you know, because like you said, if I can change the way that I think, I can change the way that I live. And being able to wake up in the morning and say, I'm beautiful. I'm a winner. I'm strong. I can heal. I deserve better. I have this. I'm motivated. I will not be defined by my past. And just every single day, seeing something beautiful up there, create an affirmation wall, post something and just reflect on it. If you're having a bad day, reflect on it and say, look at all of these great things that I am. These are attributes. They're not my titles. It's attributes, my character. You know, it really makes a world of difference when you have a different outlook of yourself. And again, like you said, I can't show up for you. So you have to show up for you. And if you're going to show up for you, why not be the best you that you can be? Absolutely. Absolutely. If any of my listeners want to know more about you, if they want to purchase your book, if they have questions and they want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah. So my website is www.becomingit.org. That is where you can email me. You can follow me on IG, which is becoming it underscore your divine self. Um, You can also purchase the book on the website as well. All right. Well, there you have it, listeners. Do not hesitate to reach out to her. Her workbook is phenomenal. It's amazing. If you are nervous about reaching out to a therapist, if you don't have the money to reach out to a therapist, get her book. 
get her book and start there. And when you see how her book transform your mind, your body, and your soul, you will be also thankful to Jasmine. So thank you so much, Jasmine, for being on the show. Thank you so much, Dashika. I appreciate that. That is so, so well thought out. And that is so well said. It is absolutely amazing. Invest in yourself, you guys. That is my key um, that I want to leave here is to invest in yourself, heal yourself because you can, you have the power to do so. I promise you everything that you're looking for is in you. And so you can pull it out, bring it out and be the best version of yourself. Well, guys, there you have it. Thanks, Jasmine. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Elevated Voices Podcast, where we enjoy using our voice to share information which promotes growth and change. Never feel like you are alone. Join our Elevated Voices Podcast community at Elevated Voices underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned to bi-weekly episodes wherever you get your podcast. If there is a topic that you would like me to cover, or if you have questions, you can send me an email via my Elevated Voices Podcast Facebook page. And remember, don't forget to let your voice be heard.